0: Sometimes you need to hit the pause button as a clinician um, and a researcher and say, hang on, this is what my underlying assumption is.
1: We want to be evidence based practitioners, but in fact, this is just how we should practice.
0: Ethics is
1: every part of every clinical decision that we make.
2: And what it
0: is that we do is we make
3: lives better. Welcome to Speak Up, the Speech Pathology Australia podcast. This podcast series highlights conversations with esteemed contributors in the speech pathology space. We explore key issues in the profession in a short and easy-to-listen-to format. Let's hear what this week's contributors have to say. Hello and welcome. This episode
0: is a double feature with two conversations about rural and remote practice. Interviews were conducted by members of SPA's Early Career Reference Group. Let's listen to the first conversation.
3: Hello. And welcome to the Speak Up podcast. My name is Luke Mitchell and I'm a member of Speech Pathology Australia's early career reference group. I have the pleasure of speaking with Nicole Lay, who is currently a speech pathologist working at Rockhampton Hospital working in the inpatient setting with uh, adults who have uh, dysphagia and communication difficulties. Today, we will be discussing Nicole's experiences working in a rural and remote setting. Happy to have you on today, Nicole.
0: Thanks for having me.
3: So I thought we'd start um, with you telling us a little bit about your rural and remote role, your caseload and some of the experiences that you had.
0: Yeah, so I worked for around one and a half years in a private practice based in Gundawindi, which is a rural town around four hours west of Brisbane. So initially I worked for three days a week in Gundawindi. And then travelled two days a week to other rural and remote towns. On the days that I travelled this consisted of around four to six hours of driving a day and another four to six hours of clinical work on the same day. So this meant that I would have shorter working days when I was in Gundawindi to make up for the overtime from travel. After a few months, I built up my caseload in Gundawindi and ended up being full-time there, so I no longer had to travel the long distances. In terms of my caseload, it was a mixed caseload, so I was working with children and adults across the lifespan. I also worked across a variety of settings, so this included in the clinic, at clients' homes, in the community for example, at a coffee shop, um, within medical centres and Aboriginal health centres, aged care facilities, kindergartens and schools. I had exposure to most areas of practice in speech pathology, including experience with speech, language, fluency, literacy, dysphagia, paediatric feeding, AAC and voice. Mm. And I um, basically saw anyone within roughly a 200-kilometre radius who needed speech therapy, provided it was within my scope of practice. I had a senior speech pathologist as my supervisor who would assist me with managing complex clients that I needed extra support with as a new grad.
3: Wow, quite a diverse range of clients that you saw there, Nicole, and all that travel time that you had Mm. at the start of your um, work out there. Must have been um, some really long days, I'm sure.
0: There was, yeah, but um, I guess I got to build up some overtime, so that would kind of balance out those longer hours.
3: Of course, that's good. So I suppose uh, what actually or why did you choose to um, work rurally in Gundawindi?
0: Yeah, well, when I was in uni, people had always mentioned that you gain more clinical experience when you're working in rural or remote areas. Mm -hmm. And so for me, I felt as though I wanted more experience with both paediatric and adult clients. But most jobs in metro areas didn't offer a mixed caseload, whereas rural and remote areas did. Mm -hmm. So... I didn't know much about living in a rural town before I moved to Gundawindi, but I was open to the idea of a new experience. And I guess for me, my biggest fear was the social aspect as I didn't know anyone there and didn't want to feel isolated. But I found that when I moved to Gundawindi, everyone in town was incredibly welcoming and sociable. So, um, that fear went away pretty quickly. Um, All of allied health and the doctors would go out for dinner once a week and there was always events on. So it was super easy to make friends and meet new people. I also found that people in the community were always excited and appreciative of having access to allied health professionals, given that there were so few of us around.
3: Yeah, I could imagine some of those... Um, being able to form new social groups and friends Mm. out in a rural setting could be daunting early Mm. on but it's good that once you actually go and work in a rural town for a few weeks it sounds like you really start to form new friendships because everyone's so close and interconnected
0: definitely definitely Mm
3: -hmm. awesome so I suppose that sort of leads me into my next question Nicole you've done this move. You've been out to Gundawindi. Now you're working in Rockhampton. So what what do you think are some of the things that new graduates should consider when they're thinking about working rurally or remotely?
0: I think there's, so there's a few things that new graduates should consider. I think firstly, they need to think about supervision. So make sure that you have access to weekly supervision as recommended by Speech Pathology Australia or even more than that if your role requires it. So, for example, I was able to call my supervisor outside of our scheduled supervision sessions if I needed additional assistance. I think new graduates should also consider if the workplace has a budget for professional development or if there are scholarships available in their state. It costs more to travel from rural or remote areas than metro areas as well, so this might take up a large portion of the professional development budget. When I was working in Gundawindi I had access to a Health Workforce Queensland scholarship which covered up to ten thousand dollars a year for courses, travel and accommodation. So this was a really big incentive for me to continue working in a rural town. I think new guys should also consider what other allied health professionals there are in the community both for networking as well as socializing and lastly if you're wanting to gain a bit more information about what the town is like before you move there um, most towns have a community notice board on Facebook where they post photos or events Uh, people also post ads for rental properties or flatmates on those pages as well.
3: well some really good points there Nicole I think it is important to highlight that when you are working Outside of a metro area, and you're wanting Mm. to attend professional development, that it really can be quite expensive to get flights from a rural airport or to pay for a car and fuel to drive to a um, metro setting to be able to access professional development. So it's important to highlight that information for sure.
0: Yeah, and sometimes that meant as well I'd have to take off um, an extra couple of days of Mm. work just for that travel.
3: Of course. Yeah, another good point there. Mm. I suppose just to finish this up for today, Nicole, if you could give new graduates one piece of advice, what would it be?
0: I would say make sure that you have a good work-life balance and that your workplace views that as a priority. If you're in a job where you accrue time off in lieu, make sure that you take that time off every month and don't let it build up. And a bonus piece of advice, if you're moving to a rural or remote town, you might need a larger car as there's a few kangaroos out there that like to say hi when you're out on the road.
3: (laughs) Two very important pieces of information there, Nicole, especially in regard to the kangaroos. I think that'll wrap us up for today, Nicole. Uh, Thank you very much for being so generous with your time and sharing some of the experiences that you had. Working out rural at Gundawindi, uh, I think we've all learned a few things about um, some of the things we should be considering um, when, we're, uh, when we're thinking about making a move to a rural or remote setting.
0: No worries. Thank you for having me.
3: This concludes
0: the first part of our double feature. Now keep listening for the second conversation. Let's hear what they have to say.
2: Hello, my name is Star Cost and I'm a member of the Speech Pathology Australia's Early Career Reference Group. I have the pleasure of speaking with Emma Eagleton, who is currently the Senior Speech Pathologist at the Headland Health Campus in Western Australia. Today we will be discussing Emma's experience working in a rural and remote setting. Lovely to have you on today, Emma. Thank you, Star. I thought to start us off, can you tell us a bit about your rural and remote role, your caseload and your experiences?
1: Uh, sure. So I, as you mentioned, I'm the Senior Speech Pathologist at Headland Hospital up in the Northwest. Uh, so my role's under WA Country Health uh, at the hospitals under the Population Health Team. So my caseload is fairly typical of rural work, Um, so I cover across the lifespan from uh, little bubs to people in aged care. Uh, We cover community outpatients and inpatients um, and we typically, the only thing we probably don't see is the more acute services and rehab, uh, which normally go to Perth. So uh, we do also visit smaller towns uh, and some Aboriginal communities. So there's opportunities here to drive out or even fly out to communities and um, deliver services there. Uh, Yeah, so a typical week could look like seeing uh, an eight week old for a feeding assessment uh, and then also doing some child development. So your typical speech sounds or stuttering or language and uh, also seeing adults for voice disorders and then going to the wards as well and seeing outpatients for swallowing or communication.
2: Wow, that's a really broad spectrum to be across.
1: Yeah, yeah. So it's it's good just to develop your skills a little bit here and there, being a bit of jack, jack of all trades. Yeah, yeah,
2: very much a generalist speechy. Um, And so why did you choose to work rurally and remotely? So I hadn't ever
1: lived uh, remotely myself. I have lots of family that lived in smaller towns growing up, Uh, but I think it was just the varied workload that appealed to me Uh, and then the opportunity for a new setting, meeting new people. Um, I've found that... I'm more willing to try new things since moving up to Headland. Uh, so things like trying new sports or trying new camping adventures, that kind of thing as well comes along with rural work, which is really great. Um, and, yeah, it's kind of seems like sometimes there's less choice up here, but I think it's a bit of quality over quantity. And um, usually if something's on in, in somewhere like Headland, everyone's there, so it makes things a be- big nice positive experience
2: yeah it sounds it's it's like what you make of it and um sounds like you really yeah putting yourself out there and uh, met lots of people and um yeah that's that sounds like a really really good experience for for moving up there maybe things you would never have thought to try in perth or or in a metro sort of setting
1: yes definitely i wouldn't have played a um, footy
2: game in perth for sure (laughs) And um, what's what are some of the things that uh, new graduates should consider when they're thinking about working rurally or remotely? Uh, I think the main thing
1: would be to have a think about uh, being away from your support networks. So, uh, what I've found is most people who move to Headland uh, within a short period of time they managed to create a new support network up here but even with that um, being away from family and your friends um you know if you're from metro uh so considering that um and then you know if you're considering if you're open to exploring new interests as a speech pathologist so um that's something to consider as well uh for me personally i had um an idea of what my interests were in speech pathology before moving here and then once I was here and started working I did a complete 180 on what I actually thought I was interested in so it's you know considering if you maybe aren't so sure where you want to go then it's a good opportunity to try different things out. Yeah
2: that's a really good perspective and and seeing um yeah caseloads that you might not get the experience to in Perth or in a metro setting um that yeah you never thought you'd get that exposure to yes definitely yeah great and if you give new graduates one piece of advice what would it be I think
1: one piece of advice would be to be open to rural work um I've never seen anyone move to our team in Headland and regret it. So people always stay longer than they originally planned, which I think shows how um, accepting the teams can be, how friendly people are, uh, how supportive people can be um, in rural work. Um, and just be open to when you're applying for jobs straight out of uni. So you might be, you know, if you're applying for anything and everything that comes up, it might surprise you what comes
2: your way yeah no thank you so much and thank you for sharing your insights into what it's like to work really and remotely as a speech pathologist with our listeners today i think they'll really get some great insight into yeah what it's like to work up there and um all the different caseloads that they can maybe
3: experience we hope you enjoyed this week's conversation remember to subscribe to the podcast and share it with your colleagues thank you for listening and bye for now